guys, welcome back to another Arsenio's ESL podcast. And today is another absolute special, man. It is TOEFL ITP. I'm so excited about this one because you guys love my reading videos. For all of you from Indonesia, most specifically, who have been tuning into my reading TOEFL ITP videos, I just want to say thank you so much. Both the blog and the YouTube video has completely skyrocketed. And I told you, like I told you, that I would start posting a lot of this material on a routine basis. Now, remember, there is coaching available. Not only just one-on-one coaching, but membership coaching. If you're looking at things in terms of long-term, if you need help with grammar and different listening techniques, all of that is available on my Patreon. So you make sure you tune into that. With that being said, guys, we have a nice a little, <clears throat> excuse me, segment here today. And it's the susceptibility to catching colds. It's a little bit of a, it's a topic. It's a topic. It's a tough topic to discuss in present day, given the fact what is happening, not only around the world, but most specifically in America. Oh, it's a tragedy, isn't it? But nonetheless, guys, today is not about that. It's not about viruses. It is about obtaining and getting a good mark in the TOEFL ITP. So here we go, guys. On my blog, thearsenobuckshow.com, you will get this reading. Now, remember, this is from the Bruce Rogers PBT TOEFL from a very long time ago. This is uh, somewhat similar to what you still have today, although different question types, such as the one here at the bottom, which is the author's tone of this passage, um, those are no longer on present day TOEFL tests, okay? Because I've taken the TOEFL ITP test probably about 20 times this year while I was working for some testing center and everything, you know, just so I can, you know, build my skills up and see, okay, what is it? Okay, swap XYZ. Okay, these types of questions, those types of questions, lots of specific details. Okay. Um, a lot of different things that I had to run my head through because the only way you're truly going to understand is by putting yourself into the test, into the environment and filling it yourself. So that's exactly what I've done with the TOEFL ITP and that's what we're going to be getting into today. So that bottom question is just a freebie. You guys can answer that, post it in the comment section wherever you're watching this, either on YouTube, Facebook, my Instagram, wherever it may be. And Let's get into the specific details. Now, remember, again, this isn't too bad. I'm going to do number one just because, number one, you just need a little bit of imagination. Are you going to see questions like this on the TOEFL ITP? I think maybe on the 20 or in the 20 tests that I had taken, maybe I saw it one time in one specific passage. Now, remember, 20 times, okay? What is it? Five passages per test. We're talking 100. So there's a 1% chance is what I'm trying to tell you, all right? But again, this gives you an idea of how to answer different questions. So guys, that's what I'm gonna be getting into right here, right now. So it says here, it says the paragraph that precedes this passage, this passage most probably deals with, now we have to look at the first sentence. That first sentence gives it away. It says, another critical factor that plays a part in susceptibility to colds is age. Now, that key phrase, open it up, is your answer. Now, A through D. A, minor diseases other than colds. B, the recommended treatment of colds. 
C, a factor that affects susceptibility to colds. And D, methods of preventing colds among elderly people. Now, again, looking at that first sentence is all you must look at because the paragraph that precedes this, that's if we're talking in an imaginative way. If there was a paragraph before this specific paragraph, what would it be relative to? And by looking at this phrase right here on the screen, and for those of you who are listening, another critical factor, that means the, what were they talking about before? They were talking about the first factor. So that's why C would be your answer, a factor that affects sus, uh, sus, susceptibility to colds. Cover that in the first paragraph, then you're gonna go into another factor to susceptibility of colds would be age, got it? So C is your answer. That's how you preview what could be. What could be, I'm talking about the paragraph that precedes, all right? Keep that in mind. Now, number two, here we go. We have a vocabulary question. The vocabulary word is particulars. All right, now, again, if you do not understand what particulars are, let's look in the sentence and see if we could kind of make it out. But the answers are A, minor errors, B, specific facts, C, small distinctions, and D, individual people. Now, I highlighted it and it says here, right after that first initial question, or that initial statement in regards to another critical factor, the second sentence reads, a study done by the University of Michigan School of Public Health revealed particulars that seem to hold true for the general population. Revealed something that seems to hold true for the general population, something that holds true. Now, again, minor errors and true, they don't relate, do they? So A, you cannot use it, okay? If we look at individual people, no, because individual people was mentioned at the end in regards to the population, no. Now, small distinctions or specific facts, that's what you're looking for, okay? Now, I'm gonna have you guys do this vocabulary question. I'm gonna focus more on the specific details, but you're basically, you basically have a toss up between B, and C. So I want you to type that in the comment section, wherever you are in the world, okay? Now, number three, what does the author claim about this study discussed in this passage? Now, we don't have an idea of the passage, so we're going to leave this one for a little bit later, because uh, later, because if you were to look through those three paragraphs and read it, you'll forget everything you read, and you still won't be able to figure out the answer. What you must do is focus on the specific details so at least you can get a, uh, a general gist of the paragraphs, okay? Now, here we go, moving on. It may be, oh, well, as a matter of fact, I think I missed the, uh, it may be inferred or it may infer or infer, who cares? Infer from the passage that which of the following groups of people is most likely to catch colds. So we have to look at the following groups of people, infant boys, young girls, teenage boys, elderly women. Those are all the details and more than likely because it's question number four, it might be sitting right there in the second paragraph, perhaps. But again, if you look at this, infants are the most cold ridden group. Averaging, 
six colds in their first year. Okay, so again, I'm gonna read that one more time. Infants are the most cold-ridden group. Now again, boys have more colds than girls up to age three. After the age of three, girls are more susceptible than boys. And teenage girls average three colds a year to boys too. So which one is the most cold-ridden group? I'm gonna go through that one more time. Is it infant boys, young girls, teenage boys, or elderly women? Now, we were talking about infants, six colds a year. All right. Now, it didn't just say infants, it says infant boys. However, that is the answer because the boys, the infant boys, just like girls, average six colds a year. Now, with the young girls, no. Now, I can go back up, read the figures. I think it was somewhere between three or something like that. Uh, teenage boys, I don't think they, I don't think that was mentioned in that paragraph. Yes, teenage girls average three colds a year. What is it? Boys have more colds than girls up to three. Okay, after the age of three, girls are more susceptible than, than boys. But again, we're talking infancy is the key phrase there. All right. So number four is infant boys. They are the ones that are most likely to catch more colds than any other age group. So let's look at number five. There is information in the second paragraph of the passage to support which of the following conclusions. Okay, which of the following conclusions? Second paragraph. Now, here we go. The general incidence of colds continues to decline into maturity. Elderly people who are in good health have as few as one or two colds annually. One exception is found among people in their 20s, especially women, who show a rise in cold infections because people in this age group are most likely to have young children. Adults who delay having children until their 30s and 40s experience the same sudden increase in cold infections. So the answers to this, again, what, are, what is the conclusion for the second paragraph? A, men are more susceptible to colds than women. Now, again, did it say that? No. How about B? Children infect their parents with colds. C, people who live in a cold climate. Did you hear anything about a cold climate? No. Get C out of here. D, people who don't have children are more susceptible to colds than those who do. As a matter of fact, that's actually opposite. Okay? Uh, because it says, especially women who show a rise in cold infections because people in this age group are most likely to have young children. So the women who have young children, they're more prone to having colds than women who do not have children. So it says here, people who don't have children are more susceptible to colds than those who do have children. That is a negatory. It's the opposite. People who do have children are more susceptible to colds than those who do. That would be the correct answer, but it's opposite. So C, no, D, no, which I just stated. And now it comes down to men are more susceptible to colds than women. And look in here, elderly people who are in good health, no. Uh, women, no. Okay, where are the men? I don't see men anywhere. No for A. So the answer is B, children infect their parents with colds. Why? Why, 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 why? Well, guess what? Women 
who show a rise in cold infections because people in this age group are most likely to have young children. So basically what it means and what it states is that young children infect their parents with colds. Shame on you guys. B is the answer. Do you get what I'm saying? All right. Okay. Now again, this is another one for you. This is like a vocabulary state your type of thing question, right? It says number six, people in this age group. What does it refer to by that? Now, let's go back up. It says elderly people who are in good health, blah, 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 blah. Uh, colds annually. One exception is found among people in their 20s, especially women who show a rise in cold infections because people in this age group, people in what age group? People in their 20s. So B is the answer. A, it says infants. Did it mention infants? in that sentence. C, it says people in their 30s and 40s, negatory. That is the last sentence. Elderly people, that was at the beginning of the sentence, not the second half of the sentence. Do not get thrown off by that, okay? So, and here we go, going back up to number seven. Now, number eight, the word cramped, let's go over this very briefly. Cramped. Now, you guys might not know what this is, but let me read this sentence out for you. Lower income generally forces people to live in more cramped quarters than those typically occupied by wealthier people. Lower income generally forces people to live in more cramped quarters. What does that mean? Than those occupied by wealthier people. Now, check this out, comma, and crowding increases the opportunities for the cold virus to travel just as you've seen out there in Singapore in the little migratory, you know, dormitories where a lot of the migrant workers were working, there was a big influx, right? About 40, I'm sorry, about maybe 60 to 70% of all COVID cases in Singapore came from the migratory camps. I'm sorry, the migrant, cramp, uh, the migrant camps. Do you get what I'm saying? But the vocabulary term and what I'm trying to point out here, getting away from the little science lesson, is crowding. The word was literally stated in the second clause following the comma, and then a coordinating conjunction. Pretty amazing, huh? So what does the word cramped mean? Crowded, B. A, it's cheap. B, crowded. C, depressing, obviously not. And D, simple, says nothing about simpleton or simple. Okay, so that was a little vocabulary question giveaway very quickly. I'm going to give that to you. Now, here we go. I already stated the answer. So for those of you who are listening to me in the ESL podcast, you're probably like, I know the answer to this. Now, <sighs> the author's main purpose in writing the last paragraph of the passage was to, I'm going to state this paragraph out loud. The study also found that economics plays an important role. As income increases, the frequency at which colds are reported in the family decreases. By the way, just to point out the little grammar, like I said, at which there are chances that you would see both in which and by which and at which. But normally the preposition that comes before the relative pronoun. Keep that in mind. Let's continue. Families with the lowest income suffer about a third more colds than families at the upper end. Lower income generally forces people to live in more cramped quarters 
than those typically occupied by wealthier people. And crowding increases the opportunities for the cold virus to travel from person to person. Low income may also adversely influence diet. The degree to which, oh, here's another one, preposition before the relative, poor nutrition affects susceptibility to colds is not yet clearly established, but an inadequate diet is suspected of lowering resistance generally. So what is the main purpose of why the author had written this last paragraph? A, explain how cold viruses are transmitted. B, prove that a poor diet causes colds. C, discuss the relationship between income and frequency of colds. And D, discuss the distribution of income among the people in the study. Take out the bad answers, write your answer in the comment section. All right, so that's number seven. We finished number eight, number nine, real quick. This is a freebie for you. The author's tone in this passage could best be described as, now, again, best be described as what? Let me hurry up and, what is this? Something just popped up. Oh my God, I hate it. Okay, A, neutral, B, humorous, C, tentative, D, critical. That is, again, a, a question that would be asked on a, on a test, a TOEFL ITP test in the early 2000s, not in present day. Now let's go back up to, again, the big question. Number three, and the last question. What does the author claim about the study discussed in the passage? A, it contains many inconsistencies. B, it specializes in children. C, it contradicts the results of earlier studies in the field. D, its results apparently are relevant for the population as a whole. If you heard me discussing this throughout this, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, you probably have an idea. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful TOEFL ITP lesson. Again, um, I've had people from KSA and different parts like Ecuador and even Thailand. You guys are actually tuning into my stuff. I just want to say thank you so much. Again, if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you have a test in a week or two weeks or whatnot, that's available. If you have classes, a lot of different things, again, get in touch with me. I'll be more than happy to help you, okay? So with that being said, guys, I thank you so much. Make sure you tune in. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow me on my Instagram. Uh, listen to my podcast, whatever it may be. Whatever suits you and suits whatever you like, man, I am out there. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, you better stay tuned for more over and out.